Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. First Thessalonians, if you turn your Bibles there this morning, as we're going to get back into our series going through the book of First Thessalonians. And uh, we're going to be in chapter number two this morning, 1 Thessalonians chapter number two. And I want us to look at verses one through nine um, as we get back into this series of faith, love, and hope. 1 Thessalonians chapter number two and verse number one, the Bible says, for yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain, but even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our, our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts, for neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness, nor of men sought we glory, uh, neither um, uh, of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. This morning, I want to preach on the subject, the authentic gospel ministry, authentic gospel ministry. Let's go to the Lord and prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We are so thankful for who you are to us. God, we're thankful for the shed blood of Jesus Christ where it is the remission of our sin. God, we're thankful today of the freedoms that we have here in America, the men and women that have fought for that freedom. God, we're thankful that you have given us that freedom. Father, most importantly today, the freedom that we have from our sin in Jesus Christ. We're thankful for you. God, as we get into your word this morning, I pray that our hearts have come ready and, rep- and prepared to receive the word of God with all readiness of mind and of heart. God, we pray that you would be with me. I God, I ask that you would give me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the words to say because your people need to hear from you this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just be glorified in everything that is said and done. And Father, help us here at Fellowship Baptist Church to have an authentic, a, a real, a genuine gospel ministry. Lord, as we look at Paul and Silas and their life and their entry into Thessalonica, God, help us to purpose to be real in our gospel outreach. We love you, Father, and it's in your precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We find that in chapter number one, Paul shares his thankfulness for this church. He says, I pray often. I pray uh, for all of you. In, in verse number one, he, and then in chapter one, he also reminds them of the impact that the gospel was having in their lives. 
we come to verse number one here in chapter number two, and he says that it was not in vain. Them coming to, to the, Thess- the church of Thessalonica uh, was not in vain. Paul was well aware of the faithfulness uh, and the influence of, of the church in Thessalonica, the influence that they had upon the rest of the world at that time. He was encouraged with the presence of their faith and of their love and of their hope. It appears that Thessalonica had had grasped the New Testament model for the church. They were living for Christ. They weren't a perfect church, but they were being used of God. And he says his time there was not empty. It was not wasted. When we come to chapter number two, Paul then starts to defend his ministry. Paul was being attacked. He was being lied about. And so he reminds them in this letter that he was real, that he was genuine, that his ministry was authentic. And as a means of of defense, Paul shifts his focus to a personal testimony of his call and, and his desire for ministry. He reminds the church of his authentic ministry that was driven in and by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I fear this morning that many of us have lost sight of our privilege to minister the gospel. It's a privilege that we have to minister the gospel. And for many today, gospel ministry has become just a drudgery. We we consider the gospel ministry more of a a job than a partnership with other believers. We, We consider the gospel ministry more of a job than a partnership with our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In our text verses, we find here, verses one through nine, Paul speaks of what an authentic gospel ministry looks like. And I want to say here, and I I believe that all of us have have the the goal of having an authentic gospel ministry here at Fellowship Baptist Church. Let me try that again. It is our goal to have an authentic gospel ministry here at Fellowship Baptist Church. Number one, we find here in this passage of scripture, when it comes to an authentic gospel ministry, it will involve suffering. It will involve suffering. Look at verse number two, the Bible says this, but even after that, we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated. As ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. Paul and Silas reminds them uh, that they suffered, they had suffered in Philippi and that the Thessalonians knew that in spite of that persecution, they continued to preach the gospel in Thessalonica. They knew the risk that they were facing, but the gospel was so was more important than that risk. They were willing to suffer to get the, the church at Thessalonica the gospel. You know, Paul more than likely wanted to stay in Philippi. I believe that. Paul was being used in Philippi. God was working in a great way, but God wanted him in Thessalonica. And so what did God do? God used suffering as a, as a means to get him to Thessalonica. He used suffering, which allowed him to have immediate credibility with the Thessalonians. Kerry Schmidt said this, he said, the gospel influence on your life is validated through suffering. The gospel influence on your life is validated through suffering. Listen, suffering is part of the gospel ministry, church. I wish I could sit here and just tell you all, it's going to be rainbows and butterflies, but the Bible doesn't tell us that. Suffering is part of the gospel ministry. And we must allow God 
to use suffering in our lives. We must lean into suffering in our lives, knowing that God in his sovereignty is going to use it for his glory, for his honor. Listen, but so uh, far too often, we take suffering and we don't embrace it, we run. When we suffer in our lives, we don't embrace that suffering, knowing that God can use it, we run. And that's not how we are to be. Suffering, it involves suffering, authentic gospel ministry. But not only that, number two, we see that authentic gospel ministry, it enjoys freedom. It enjoys freedom. Look at verse number four. The Bible says this, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. In those days, many of the religious were influenced. They were, they were bound by the demands of society. Does that sound familiar today? They were bound to the demands of society and the legalists of their day. But Paul had discovered this refreshing, this produce, productive liberty that he found in Jesus Christ. Because in Christ, he knew that he was favored. He says here in, in verse number four, but we were allowed of God. Paul revealed that he had been allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. Isn't that incredible that we are allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel? That word allowed is a very powerful word. It means to test, examine, prove, deem worthy. It's evident that God had examined Paul. He had tested him in many different ways, preparing him for the work to come and Paul, listen, he had not chosen the ministry. God called and placed him in the ministry. And he was there at the mercy and the grace of God. Paul was confident in his calling because he was supported and strengthened of God. And let me say today, you are called to gospel ministry just as well. And you're allowed of God. You have been approved of God to be entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful privilege that is. He trusts us and he entrusted us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think we could safely say that Paul was humbled by such a calling, but he knew that God had been gracious and he, he wanted to serve the Lord with all of his being, seeking to be successful in ministry for Jesus Christ. Listen, the very fact that God has allowed us to be put in trust with the gospel should drive us to serve him should drive us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's allowed us. But not only that, Paul says in, in verse number four, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak. Paul had been entrusted with the gospel and that was the message that he was going to share. He says, even, and so we speak. You see, Paul was not entangled with the bondage of legalistic Jews. He was not bound to the heresy of the doctrines of the world. No, he was free to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was free to preach his death, burial, and resurrection. There's no greater thing to talk about. There's no greater thing to speak about than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he was free to do so. He wasn't bound to the demands of society. He, wasn't, he didn't have to be politically correct. No, he said, I'm going to preach the gospel. You see, there is, there is clearly a, a growing trend of churches 
deviating, moving away from the gospel. Many churches today major on the minor things. They major on the personal preferences and the traditions. They major on those things and they minor on the major, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I tell you this, I've had people upset with me over the traditions and the customs and things of the church often. (laughs) But I haven't had too many people upset with me about spreading the gospel of, of Jesus Christ more often. Why is that? Because we major on the minor. We don't, we don't major on, on the major things, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have not been called to present the bondage of legalism. Amen? We've not been called to, to present the bondage of legalism or the easy believism of liberals. We have been called to preach and to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the only message that's going to bring about profitable change in the hearts of people. It has endured the test of time, amen? And we are free to speak it. And we must proclaim the name and the works of Jesus Christ. We're free to do so. We're not bound to anything else. We don't have to major on the minor things here at Fellowship Baptist Church. No, we major on the gospel. We're free to do so. But the rest of verse number four says, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. It's very evident here when when we study the ministry of Paul that his desire was not to gain the approval or the acceptance of men. That wasn't his desire. He He sought to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to glorify him. It's interesting to note that the word trieth here in this text is translated from the same Greek word rendered aloud in verse number two or verse number uh, at the beginning of this verse. See, God had examined Paul prior to his ministry and he continued to examine his life as he proceeded in ministry. Paul wasn't concerned with what men thought as long as God was glorified. Paul wasn't concerned uh, with what uh, people would say as long as God was glorified. And we certainly need to be mindful of our witness and and our testimony. That's important. We are to live with the right type of testimony, but our actions cannot be dictated by the desire to please men. The reason why you're here at church today should not be so that that your, your brother and sister in Christ won't call you and bug you throughout the week. Where were you? Listen, the reason why you're here this morning is because you want to please Jesus Christ. You're living for him. You love him. God knows our motives. He knows our hearts. Being a a people that please the Lord will not gain us popularity in this world. In fact, if you try to live your life pleasing the Lord, people will label you as narrow-minded. They'll label you as, as fanatical. But that's okay, isn't it? That's okay for us today because we shouldn't be interested in the approval or the acceptance of the world, but the power of God in our presence. And understand we are free to do so. Authentic gospel ministry involves suffering. It enjoys freedom. But number three, it requires sincerity. It requires sincerity. Look at verse number five. For neither at any time use we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, 
God is witness. Paul's labor was not so that he could boast. The reason why he served Christ in Thessalonica was not so that he could brag or even use flattering words. He didn't try to be deceptive and use deception as an advantage in his life. He spoke clearly. He spoke honestly, regardless of the outcome. Paul was sincere in ministry. He was open. He was honest. Many today will not accept truth in our world today. Amen? Our our modern, listen, truth today in our world is a lie. And lies are truth. That's how it is. That's where we find ourselves today. Many people don't accept truth. Our, Our modern society has promoted political correctness, right? Tolerance. Even when it seems absurd. Because of that, many rarely are sincere in their motives. And a lot of people today are willing to tell others what they want to hear rather than speaking the truth. But when it comes to authentic gospel ministry, we need to openly and unashamedly proclaim Jesus Christ. Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, regardless of circumstances, regardless of approval. Why? Because God trieth our hearts. God trieth our hearts. Gospel ministry should be sincere. It requires sincerity. He says here in verse number five, he says, nor a cloak of covetousness. Paul did not possess a greedy desire to have more. Clearly, that was not his intent. He did not engage in ministry for personal gain or, or for profit. We find Paul going out of his way to prevent being perceived as burdensome, he says, to the church. He was mindful of his calling. He desired to show integrity in every aspect of ministry. And listen, if we are serving the Lord for personal prestige, if we serve God for personal profit, then we have missed the gospel ministry altogether. Verse number six, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. Listen, this is a great lesson for us to learn. And that is, apart from Jesus Christ, we are nothing. Apart from Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. And God doesn't have to use us for his kingdom work to continue. He doesn't have to use me. He doesn't have to use you. It is a privilege to be used of him. And may we never see ourselves as anything but sinners redeemed by his amazing grace. Because regardless of how much the Lord uses us, we must remember that we are just born again sinners that God chooses to minister through. Authentic gospel ministry requires sincerity. But then lastly, I want us to see that authentic gospel ministry is driven by love. Gospel ministry is driven by love. These final three verses, verses seven through nine, it speaks of Paul's desire to love the church. Look at verse number seven. It says, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. As I read these words, I I imagine a small child being tenderly cared for by a mother. There's something, that's one thing a mother can do that a father cannot, right? But there's just something special about a mother's love for their child. And he says here, 
that, that they cared for them as a, as a mother does with their child. You understand that these were new believers and, and, and spiritually Paul had achieved a level that few ever could obtain. Intellectually, he was likely superior to many that he taught in Thessalonica, but these things didn't hinder Paul. He continued to work faithfully and patiently with those who had not yet matured. Listen, we need to to develop that same type of attitude, attitude in our day. We can't expect new believers to possess the wisdom and the understanding that we as seasoned Christians possess. We would not want understand that, that I would not be here today if it wasn't for someone nurturing me in the Lord. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for someone taking the time to love you, taking the time to share with you, to nurture you in the Lord. He goes on to say in verse number eight, so being affectionately desirous of you, Paul had a, had a deep desire and affection that, that he, for, the, for this church, his care for the church was not superficial. It was not financially motivated. He genuinely loved and cared for them. He had their interests at heart. We here at Fellowship Baptist Church, we hold to that, that people matter, amen? People matter. We should love people. We should love one another. We need to be driven by that same love and that same compassion for one another. We are part of a family of God. You know that we're going to spend all of eternity together. So we better start getting along, right? Love each other. We have the Lord's Supper today. I hope that we are, are right with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That we are sharing this same type of deep, affectionate love that Paul shared with this church. Verse number eight, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls because ye were dear unto us. Listen, Paul spent everything that he had for this church. He loved this church. He gave of his own soul to this church. In 2 Corinthians 12, 15, Paul said this to the Corinthian church. He said, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Paul said, it doesn't matter. Even if I'm not getting love back from you, I'm still going to spend my love on you. I'm going to give my love to you. Why? Because he looked at the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ and that love boiled up within him so much so that he shared it with others. Gospel ministry is driven by love. Verse number nine, he says, for ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. He says, I don't want to be a burden to any of you. So I worked, he worked, he labored night and day. And then he says, and we preached unto you the gospel of God. Paul never wavered, no matter how difficult it got to him, no matter how much he had to travail or labor, he was going to do it. Why? Because he loved the church. He loved the church. The life and ministry of Paul, it stands as a challenge. It stands as an encouragement to press on for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no need for us to give up. Oftentimes, listen, we don't do the things of, for God. We don't because we're too tired, right? We, we're not going to show up to canvassing because we just want to sleep in. That's our only day to sleep in. 
right? So, so we, we get away from that. But Paul says, I was willing to travail. I was willing to labor because of my love for you. Then he ends the, he ends the verse here. We preached unto you the gospel of God. We preached unto you the gospel of God. Clearly, here's the thing. Paul never lost sight of the goal. What was the goal? The gospel. He never lost sight of the goal. He never lost his passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. He never lost his love for his church. He was committed to preaching the gospel to all who would hear. What does that bring us back to? That brings us back to majoring on the minor or minoring on the major. Listen, we need to be reminded of the cause that we have. We need to be reminded of the calling that we have. We are here for a purpose, church. We're here for a purpose. We are the salt and the light. We are to share the gospel with the world. And the church, understand, we're going to engage in different aspects of ministry that will be beneficial, but all of those things should be secondary to the main thing, and that is the gospel. All of those things that we do here, yes, they're wonderful. Yes, we can benefit from those things, but they should all be secondary to the gospel ministry that we've been called to. You see, authentic gospel ministry, it will involve suffering. It will bring about suffering, but also, but listen, we must allow God to use that suffering for his cause, for his glory, and know that we have been allowed of God to continue in gospel ministry, so continue in it with sincerity. Not trying to please people, but to please God. And do it with the right motive, the motive of love. And when we minister in that way, God will bring about the type of fruit that will remain. Paul comes into Thessalonica, and this is how he ministers, with an authentic gospel ministry. And because of that, the Bible says that they sounded forth the gospel all around them. They took the gospel and it made a difference in their life. It made an impact in their life. Let us as a church continue in gospel ministry. Why? Because he receives all the glory. Amen. Continue in gospel ministry for the cause and the glory of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information, check out fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.